All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. It's the new year. This is it. Is it happy? Have it, has it worn off? Are you, where are you at? Does it feel different? Do we feel different? What did you do on New Year's? I mean, really, what did you do? One thing I don't do is stand-up comedy on New Year's. I learned that a long time ago. Unless it, they're paying you a million dollars, what is the fucking point of performing on that night? Especially if you got to bring in the New Year. Nothing but a nightmare. I, I don't uh, I don't recommend it for for anyone. But I, look, I you know I don't have to, so I, it's easy for me to say. But that was one lesson I learned. Why perform on that night? I don't even know if it's expectations. The one thing you can expect on New Year's is that people are going to act like fucking idiots. They're going to get shit faced. They're going to make a lot of noise no matter what. The world could be on fire, which it kind of is. And that night people would just be like, "Woo, yeah, happy New Year for that hour, for that five minutes, whatever it is leading up to it. But man. What a clusterfuck. What a nightmare. And then just a drive to the club to, you know, hopefully not get plowed into by some drunken idiot not paying attention or texting his buddy, getting directions to the next party. So they're in the right place when the clock chimes midnight. That was always the panic. Where are we going to be for New Year's? Where do you want to be for New Year's? Which, which party do you want to be at? Scrambling around making it just under the wire to a mediocre party, looking around, 10, 9, is there anybody I like here? 8, 7, god damn it. Why did we come to this one? 6, 5, 4, oh fuck, I don't know anybody here. 3, 2, god damn it. Why is it? That guy just fucking stepped on my foot and fucked up my new shoes. Happy New Year! <coughs> Point is, I don't go out. I don't go do comedy. I stay off the roads. I was asleep by 11 with Sarah the painter. And I, I don't mind. I woke up and it was the new year and I didn't feel like I missed anything. I, I got up and I was like, well, this is it. We're in it. It's happening. What did we miss last night? Not a fucking thing. Zero. We didn't get to watch, you know, mid-level celebrities get shit-faced on television while a bunch of people froze their balls off in Times Square waiting for a thing to drop you know, I see now I sound cynical I, I I hope you had a good new year I hope it was fun I hope you brought it in the right way I hope you got your your shit and your mind straight today on the show Seth McFarlane is here the creator of uh, Family Guy his new show the Orville he's uh, he's directed and written movies he's hosted the Oscars he's a song and dance man he's a crooner jack of all trades somewhat controversial extremely talented uh, and I just wanted to, I wanted to talk to him and I got the opportunity to do that. So Seth McFarlane is on the show today. Also, my friend, Christina Pazitsky, uh, Christina P just texted me. She's on a thing on Netflix now, a special called The Degenerates, which is a bunch of comics. She's the, uh, the sixth one, the sixth, sixth one out of the gate. Very funny. Love Christina. She wanted me to mention that. And I said, I would mention that. So The Degenerates, which is on Netflix, enjoy. As I said on uh, Monday, I've begun. I've begun the, uh, the disengagement from social media uh, platforms. I deleted my Facebook page, not the fan page. You can still go to that. I don't have much to do with that. That's where I post the episodes and whatnot. But my personal page, which 
I no longer really went to it all, but I did, I did push delete and uh, it's gone and I feel good. I don't feel as liberated as I would if I uh, completely just dissolved my Twitter, which, uh, which I'm processing. The problem with me is, uh, there's many, but the, the main problem with me and that stuff is that I don't have the, I don't have the wiring. I don't have the, um, the organic, uh, personal boundary technology within my machine that enables me to not be affected on some level by, uh, you know, garbage and bullshit dumped into my Twitter feed. And I did. De- I'd like to be over it. I'd like to be uh, able to just like uh, roll with it, but maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I don't need to be numb that way. Maybe that's it. I'm going to try to figure out what we do with real time. Time, time. Just time away from that engagement with the speed of uh, technology just pummeling our brains all the time. This is what I've been thinking about. This is some of the stuff I want to do in New Year's. Spend more time with human beings. Spend more time with my own thoughts. Process things at a regular pace, not at the pace demanded of me by uh, how fast it comes in through my phone or my computer. Think about shit at my own speed. I don't even know if my brain can do that anymore. Yeah, my life is good. Things are okay. But do I have any friends? Where have all my friends gone? Do I... Have I talked to anybody recently? Is texting talking? Is seeing somebody on t- on Twitter knowing what they're up to? Is that talking? Have I, what, how, have I sat down with people? I swear to God, most of my social life outside of my very personal life, which only has a couple people in it, is in here talking to guests. And, and I, I'm looking at my phone, at my friends. <laughs> and out of all of them, I just, for some reason, I texted Dave Cross. I'm like, dude... How's it going? It's a new year. I'd like to see you sometime. If you're ever out here, love Mark. <laughs> and then he said, boy, you're such a sucker for the holidays. Yes. Don't know when I'm there next, but let's get Tex-Mex. And I said, okay, pal, not a sucker. Those of us with no wives or children given too much time, just sit around and look at domestic animals and wonder if we actually have any friends anymore. By those of us, I mean me. Hope you're well. And then uh, I thought about that for a a few minutes. And before he texted back, I texted, I am good. Looking at that text could appear suicidal. Not the case, just saying hi. He said, I hear you. I'll hit you up next time I'm out and bore you to tears with cliches about having a kid at age 54. And then he wrote, thumbs up emoji. And then I wrote, panicky gritted teeth emoji. And he wrote, that's known as a Marin. And I wrote, ha. So now that was me, you know, talking to my old friend, but that might be all I, I talked to him for maybe six months to a year. And I just started thinking, and this is part of the resolution thing, you know, where, where are they? Who are they? And then it takes effort. I got to start inviting people over for dinner. I just, I, I want to get back to, you know, flesh and blood relationships with human beings. And now you got to plan that stuff. Not these one-offs. Not these very emotionally cathartic, connected one-offs here in the garage. And also, look, the other thing about social media is that 
I'm just sitting on there. I'm not doing anything. You can see that I'm barely tweeting. And people are like, you have a comment on this? How about this? Look, uh, the guy from Counting Crows and you look exactly like each other to some people. Uh, are you the same person? Uh, care to comment? No, I don't. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to comment. No. Okay. That was uh, someone's clever idea. Fine. But uh, have fun with it. What do you need me? To, what do you need my input? Of course, we're not the same guy. What's going on? What do you think about you know Louis? What about Louis C.K.? Said I don't care. I have not. I have not talked to the guy since that New York Times article. I don't know what he's up to. It seems like he's full of anger and 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 survival. Survival mechanism has kicked in. That that's my take. It's I don't know his life. Doesn't it, it doesn't seem good. But it's not my fucking responsibility to comment on fucking everything that happens in the world on Twitter. <laughs> I'm talking like that that someone I, I'm talking as if someone is attacking me right now. See what it does to me? Do you see what it does to me? Yeah. I just I don't know about that that friend thing. I, I guess that, that's really what it is. Everybody goes and they do their own life, but when you you know you make the choices I've made, and that's to live alone, not have a wife, not have children. Cats, you know, they, you kind of hit a wall with cats. I love them. I know them. They're, they're good to have around, but, uh, they don't, uh, you know, there's not a lot of deep conversing going on and there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of change in the conversation with cats, but you know, I'm happy they're around. Here's a here's a cat related email. You healed our cat, Mark. Thank you. The other day, our boy wasn't in the driveway when we pulled up. He's an outdoor cat, but he's always there waiting for us when we pull into the driveway. A hundred percent of the time. So we knew something was wrong when he wasn't there. About 15 minutes after we parked and went in the house, we heard him meow. We opened the door and felt so relieved to see him, but he was limping so badly. We were just trying to decide whether to take him to the vet immediately or in a couple of days. His collar was also gone. Scary moment. What happened to the kitty? The next day we took him in. We had to wait in the room for two hours to be seen. He's a stoic little guy, but after an hour of waiting for anything, especially while in pain, anybody would get restless, cat or human. He began shaking and shifting his body every 10 or 15 seconds. So I decided to throw on WTF in the background to give us something to focus on. It was the latest episode, your interview with Ronaldo Marcus Green. Great convo, just great. But the monologue was the standout. Our cat Julius immediately lied down, calmed down and started meditating with his eyes rolled back. All three of us listened intently as you began reviewing movies, made your New Year's resolution to shut off your connection to social media and become more grounded into your purpose and to spend more time with the people you love. In particular, your review of the Indian pottery documentary left us so chilled out and relaxed. That review was, dare I say, spiritual but in an everyday people kind of way. We will definitely check that film out. Just your review of it made our cat purr. So even before the vet came in to see him, you had already healed him. Thank you, Mark. You're an inspiring dude on multiple levels. We're waiting to see if our little guy's leg is broken. But while we wait, I figured I'd write to say thank you to your twice-a-week service. You give a sense of home to so many people and cats. By the way, our little boy's named Julius because you guessed it, he's orange. With much respect and appreciation, Brian. Glad to help out. Yeah, see, like you people who fast forward through this, you're missing the spiritual value of uh, of my rambling intros. You're missing it. You're missing the spiritual value. There was another one. 
Subject line, to kill the loneliness. Hey, Mark, my name is Brooks. I am a 20-year-old. In June, my first love broke my heart where I, where I lost 15 pounds during the heartbreak. I found your show, Marin. It helped me, made me laugh and feel better. I also work at a grocery where at times I have to work in a one-man kiosk gas station where I have to stand alone and wait for people to come to the window. WTF helps kill the loneliness. And the interviews fill the white wall kiosk. Thank you for the laughter during my first real heartbreak. Happy New Year, Brooks. I'm a loneliness killer. Man, that is a service. I'm going to put that on my business card. Mark Marin, loneliness killer. WTF, loneliness killer. Dig it. Yeah, so I'm watching shit. Somehow or another, there's some weird old Sam Kennison set on uh, Netflix. I was a disaster. It's a Las Vegas set a year or so before he died. And that kind of got me watching the original HBO special, which I hadn't seen in years. Now, this is a guy, if some of you know my story, and this has been sitting with me for a while because I did, I did a interview for a documentary about the comedy store that Mike Binder is directing, and he asked me to talk about my experience there, and a lot of it had to do with that guy, and my sort of, my, my position has always been that he doesn't you know, really get the respect he, he should as one of the great comics, and Mike was like, I don't know if he was that great, and I'm like, yeah, but you know, he, he had this momentum, he had this, this pace, this intensity, he really owned the stage like nobody had ever seen before, he had this fury and this like force this kind of kind of like just you know the air changed when the guy went on i'd never seen anybody really do that and mike was like yeah but i don't know i think it was the time i think if you really look at that material it might just be those bits i mean anyone could have good bits so i just don't think he was that great and i you know it just stuck with me and this is a couple months ago that we had this conversation i watched the hbo special half of it and i watched uh the old that vegas thing and i was like god damn it he wasn't he was not a right-minded dude, man. He was not uh, not a righteous cat. And I don't know how I got so sucked into that looking back on it. It could have been the coke. It could have been the uh, just the, the excitement of the time, the late 80s, or just the sheer brute force of that guy's personality and that guy's charisma sucked me in. The, 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 the brute force of charisma. Charisma with a punch. That's why that's why we're where we're at with the you know politically. You've got to watch your brain, man. You get sucker punched by uh, some uh, forceful, wrong-minded charisma, and you get all lit up. Got to watch that. So I've reassessed it, and uh, I do not think he was as good as I thought he was, but stylistically. There was nothing like it. And I think that was the primary lesson there. How do you own the stage? I think that was really more of what I was learning. I also watched a bit of, watched a little Hicks. I just flipping around the comedy. There's a lot of new comedies that uh, were dumped onto Netflix, old comedy specials. Watched a little of the Hicks stuff from the Vic where I did a special. It's always good to see Bill bouncing around. Yeah. Sleep tight. (laughs) So Seth MacFarlane is here, and I, uh, I've never met him. I've seen some of his stuff. Uh, I've always wondered about him. And uh, he's got this, uh, the second season of this space show that he's got, The Orville, is on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on Fox. <laughs> I think Fox is, by and large, the Seth MacFarlane station. 
outside of the propaganda operation, the rest of it, I think, is Seth MacFarlane. But uh, I was excited to talk to him, and this is, uh, this is me talking to Seth here in the garage. It's weird where my research takes me, because I'm like, I'm looking up Kent, where yeah. you come from. Yeah. Because I have, like, I've had things happen to me in Connecticut. Really? Said, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a vague, kind of dark thing. <laughs> what? No, what? Well, no, what when is I st- everything all right? Yeah. No, when I started, not too traumatic, but <laughs> yeah. like when I started my comedy career, it was yeah. one-nighters, and there were yeah. ones, like there was one in like New London. Mm-hmm. You'd go to drive to a bar in New London, and there was a, you know, I saw a guy that I was opening for lose his mind on stage. Oh, was, really? It was great. Oh, I bet that was, that was well, something was, to see. It was just one of these things where, you know, you drive for two hours from Boston. I was living in Boston, <laughs> and you'd be taking a headliner who you didn't really know. Yeah, and this guy Bob Batch the whole way down, he's going like, I don't know why I can't get on fucking Letterman. Why can't I get on fucking Letterman for two hours? That, that's his act. No, this is in the car. <laughs> this is in the car. <laughs> but that's what happens. We we get to this shitty fucking bar or yeah. by the yeah. sub base. There's like nine people in there, and I yeah. go on and do my half hour, and he just gets up, and within minutes, he's like, Why can't I be on fucking Letterman? <laughs> and he's, he's he's yelling at the oh, people. Oh god! And it's like uncomfortable. And for the first time in my life, and I was younger, I just I I went into the middle of the room because there were so few people there. I go, yeah. let's just take a break, Bob. Just relax a minute. <laughs> that's like that's like finding a four leaf clover when you're when you catch a stand up who's angry with the audience. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. No, it they're, doesn't because they're afraid. Cell phones. Of, they're afraid right? of the phones. Yeah. But yeah, man, in Boston, I'd see guys snap all the time. There were guys yeah. that you could sort of count on it yeah it's it's what well, doesn't Ch- Chappelle uh, makes his audience put their phones in like steel cases or something before he does a show is that some right? some clubs have bags now the club, <clears throat> yeah. the club in Denver has these to. bags you have that, to it's 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 like part of me hears these stories and and just thinks you know what America you don't deserve comedy anymore yeah. you yeah. no more comedy for you because this is how the acts are honed. Like you got, that's how you know where the line is. They don't understand it. They don't get it. And I don't understand. They don't gain anything by putting the thing up. No. Fortunately, I'm I'm at a level of uh, of celebrity where no one has tried to tape me or put my <laughs> shit up. Yeah, like there's uh, there's been times where I'm like, could one of you tape this? Because yeah. I'd like to remember what I did. Yeah. But no. But they, it's that they. It's like they they need to have it explained to them. Look, you they, the the the. You get to the point where you go to a, a an arena yeah. with thousands of people, and you're seeing a, a honed, polished stand-up act. You don't get to that point unless that act is right. tested and retested, and some of the jokes work, and some of them don't. And, they and go some, yeah, periods. some of them are, are offensive. Yeah. You pull those jokes out, but you have to. The only way you know is by testing it in front of you, an audience. You pull them out only if you can't shoulder the possible reaction. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. there's a lot of gauging that has but to. But they go don't on. get it. They don't get it, and the press doesn't even get it. No, I don't. I don't think anyone. And they I, should. I'm surprised how little people understand about anything. Like during the writer strike, it was sort of amazing to me that most, you know, somewhat intelligent people were like, "Oh, they don't just make it up," you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You mean John Stewart's not making it up every yeah. day? The, the the one I like is now does now does each writer write for an individual character? Like, <laughs> yes, I write all the Stewie lines. He writes all the Peter lines, and that and he can't do anything else. No, that's, that's all he does. That's, and we have to hope that it all comes together in a cohesive fashion. Well, that the, the thing about uh, the other thing about Connecticut, I went to the P.T. Barnum Museum in Bridgeport and uh, had a very uncomfortable, it's a beautiful moment. town, Bridgeport. Yeah, yeah, uncomfortable moment at the P.T. <laughs> Barnum Museum. <laughs> Some, we were taking the ferry over to Port Jeff in college, and the guy who worked at the P.T. Barnum Museum, he had one eye, 
And like he was just there. He must have been with the circus at time at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he grabbed my hand. I you know, and he said, "Let me see your hand." And he looked at my palm and he said, "You're going to get in a very bad accident." Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> and for about four years, I admire I that kind yeah. of honesty. But wait, so Kent, Connecticut, because I talked to Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's specifically about the Kent School where yeah. you went, yeah. and I, it seems like you two were it. Yeah, and uh, he gets credit for going there. You I think do. I think Lana Del Rey also oh, okay. went to Kent. I think it's the the three of us. But you grew up there, yes. And what yeah, what what is that like? It, it's a very small town, really small town, very idyllic, very Beaver Cleaver kind. Really? Of, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was like you you. you you hear people say, "But well, that was a great place to grow up." This, this is like the cookie cutter, gorgeous, yeah. peaceful, calm, wholesome place. To was grow it up. a great place to grow up? It was actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I loved it. I mean, I, I, I go back there every, you know, whenever I can. You do? Um, yeah. It's a, it's, it's. You it's, have family a, there still? I have uh, grade school friends that I still talk to. Grade school? Yeah, yeah. You check in with them like yearly or yeah, yeah. bi biannually. Isn't it kind of weird? It's kind of weird because you like in like you don't have kids, right? No, and no. you don't have a, a me neither. So you kind of need to check in with those people to see that you're aging. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. That is a a, a really. It, it is. Yeah, it's a good barometer because you look at. You look at everyone else, you're like, my God, everyone looks so fucking old. Yeah. Well, I don't look like that. And then, yeah. you, no, the odds are you're not the only one in the room right. who has retained. The yeah, and how, how can you know? Like, <laughs> you I, can't. I, I took a you picture can't. of myself this morning for a thing, and I'm like, it's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I, mm -hmm. I just, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. there's there's some moment, like, I'm 55, and it's right around this time where it's like, you turn into the old man. Because <laughs> you see it with presidents, you know, yeah. they start yeah. out like, oh, look, he's young, and then, like, within four years, it's like, oh, and it's around yeah. in the 50s. Yeah. Feel it happening. Yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I'm, you seem I'm starting pretty... to, I'm starting to see things that, you know, there's <laughs> like, what's that bump? <laughs> like, those kind of things. <laughs> Boy, the, the weenus is a little flappier than it used to be. <laughs> what was that? One of those guys, uh, I can't remember. He's been on the show. Writer. Fuck. He tweeted once. He said, I had a bad case of dad dick this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was genius. I, 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 it was like one of the just, best. Just this morning. Yeah. Just, yeah. Not, not every day. <laughs> Today was just like, I noticed it. The dad dick's problem. It's a problem. <laughs> but I, I have a friend of a friend who, who says that there are people in that town. This guy, I think, is he's a he uh, in Kent. He runs an excavating business, and I've heard his name is Bill. And he's got a character you did of him when you were like ten or something. Wow. He said, I, "Probably." I've heard that there are many people in town that have found these caricatures that you did of people, yeah, and now they're on the wall because of who you are. Did you have a caricature business? I, I, I did. You know, in in the when I was really really young, my my father was a was a butcher at the local grocery store. Is that store. true? Yeah, I don't know why you make was, that I mean, up. He was, <laughs> why do I say it like <laughs> I would, that? Come he was on. A, he was a uh, he, he was he was a teacher, and he worked part time as a butcher. And I would go to you know, the grocery store and like draw on the grocery bags before the, the yeah. groceries were bagged and then eventually graduated to doing sidewalk caricatures on the street during yeah. the summer fair days yes yeah. there were summer fair days it was sure. an idyllic town sure. yeah and uh and yeah i did i did a bunch of them I'm for really, money yeah, for money yeah so when does this start like because it, it seems like this was a, an obsession that you know obviously turned into a, a billion dollar a year industry <laughs> 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 but Where? I mean, at what point do you sort of retreat into paper? Uh, you know, I I tend to be 
those are the those are the parts of the process that I actually enjoy the most. I'm I'm a little bit of an introvert by by nature. And, well, he must have been just sitting there drawing all yeah, the time. Yeah. So like what like why do you ever think about that? Uh, <laughs> Where, <laughs> why, why why am I an introvert? Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's that that was that was you know the the craft that I gravitated to when I was young was something that that was a solitary craft and and that's just what i got comfortable but because i mean i used to draw when i was a kid and you know you can get lost for hours and hours and and, but you sort of stuck with it and there's a relief to it but you seem to like i guess it's better when you have a true knack for something where you can look at things and go like no i'm pretty good at this (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's uh you know i i at the time uh thought okay i think i have a pretty good handle on this um but it, it is you know it, it the result is you know I, I enjoy writing i enjoy post-production you know the most stressful part of a of a film or a television show for me is is the is the production where there's tons of people around yeah it's a big crowd it's very yeah. bustling like that's the part where i'm the most kind of uptight but were you always like that like as a kid oh yeah, you, yeah. You just like... i hated i hated uh and I, and I got better as i got into college right but i got you know it was a long time where i just hated going to parties like the whole idea was just so because of the noise tr- and just because of the, the noise the noise the loudness people. the energy the intensity is just too much really yeah so you got you, so yep. you just <laughs> and then i discovered alcohol and i was like oh that's the that's what was, <laughs> this was, what was that, missing. that's the key ingredient this is what i need to feel that's, whole that, <laughs> to this day man i tell you it's like you go to a party sober and it's just it's parties are terrible but did you uh, did you quit drinking the only reason we think they're so great is because we're drunk right and then and then you have to deal with the repercussions of that yep. like you, you know I, as, I i don't love parties i, I find yep. myself i'm I like if i have to if i get invited to something there's a long month or two of like no oh, i gotta fuck i'm just gonna be there what am i gonna yeah do? once yeah. i get there i'm all right but then you then you got to worry about what people say afterwards yeah yeah it's it's all did just you stop drinking big mess no god no no <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no, rather the reverse, sir. Oh, really? <laughs> but you don't. You, did um, you, when did you start? No, I, I, uh, uh, high school, uh, college. Actually, oh, really? Yeah, you waited. Yeah, I waited. I waited. <laughs> I, 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 I probably would have enjoyed high school more if, uh, but, if I had. Uh, no, I actually I had a good high school experience, but I, I, you know, in college it was like, oh, okay, this is this is what. But in high school, like, so you're this guy's drawing pictures, and yeah. like, uh, it, was that the key to your, you know, sort of like. Uh, because like I know, being a funny guy in high school, you could just kind of move through all groups because yeah, you were the yeah, funny guy. Yeah. So did you walk around? There was a little bit of showing that. your pictures. There was people? a little bit. There was, there was a little bit of that. Look you like could, me. Yeah, I drew you <laughs> exactly. It's, you're not too far off. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's 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 people give you a little bit of a of like a, uh, as I recall, I was, I was given a little bit of a of a of a of a respectful birth. Right. Because uh, you were the weird kid drawing, but B- the drawings were cool. B e r t h, not b i. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, they 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 kind of figured, all right, this guy seems to know. He seems to be on a trajectory to something, and we're just going to kind of let him do his thing and <laughs> not 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 beat the shit out of him. <laughs> so thank you. Leave the classmates. kid with the pencil alone. Yes, thank you for not beating the shit out. <laughs> but of But were you like, would you? Because you seem like you're pretty. I mean, were you, were you? Do you think you were like a nerdy kid or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And what was it not like? In, not in the traditional sense, but yes. Because I saw some of this stuff, like when he started doing uh, uh, actual cartoons for the paper. Like, you know, I when I was a kid, like who were the guys that you were, because I liked, what's that guy's name, Gahan Wilson? 
The, you Dan know, the, Wilson. The guy from the Playboy. He did, he did like, oh, he's a great cartoonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but like the single panel stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, were you reading Mad Magazine? Were you looking at- I, I, like, I liked Mad. The, the the far side was the thing that really was oh, yeah, like that, groundbreaking for me. Yeah, that's that, the, your generation, I guess. Yeah, that was like, that 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 uh, just altered my whole perception of-, of And God, you, you look at those, those panels now. Yeah. And they're so great and they're so classic. But you remember at the time they were they were there were if there had been bloggers then right if there had been think pieces they would have torn them to shreds. Like people were like this is this is horrific. This is offensive. Um and uh, and, and but they were brilliant. They yeah, were just they, they were just oh they're fun. great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, that's just sort of a problem because like even in some of those old panels, I could see you were drawing from a, a grown up world that you yeah. know there was an edge to them. <laughs> yeah. And you already had a cynicism, but it might not have been yours. Was it yours? Did you think? I I don't, uh, you know, I don't. It, it, a lot of it came from my family. My family was like, you know, it was, it was a happy family, but there was like a healthy cynicism. There was like a really certainly on my, on my mother's side of the family, there was a very, they were big laughers. Yeah, a really dark sense of humor. Like really, a, a lot of stuff that just wouldn't fly now. That's great. But the, yeah, but that was but that was very. Were they know, uh, progressive people? They were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we're like we're uh, like what you, your dad was a butcher and a teacher. Yeah, and your mom. Yeah, she was. was uh, she was. She was in uh, college guidance at at the Kent School, actually. Really? Yeah. So there was a premium put on education, yes. creativity. Yeah. Let the kid uh, do what he wants, and exactly. then rein him in if you need to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you got a, what? One sister. One sister. Yeah. Now, were they like? Uh, were your folks like? Um, were they waspy people? They they weren't. They were actually they were both kind of ex hippies. My dad was at Woodstock and really, you know, had his had his share of LSD stories. Really, he, he, he like the good regal- stuff. The good like stuff. The, yeah. yeah, like the, So he uh, did. So he told you about Woodstock. Yeah. Did yeah. he live on a commune? Did he do he, the whole thing? He didn't go that far, but he was you know he was a folk singer. Really. Um, and that's how that's how uh, my my parents met. My my mother went to a pub in Massachusetts, and there was my dad was up on stage playing the guitar, uh, and my mother found out where he lived. And it's not the healthiest story. Stalked actually. him. Yeah, stalked him. Banged on his door. Asked for guitar lessons, and basically just you know went at him like that a prank, one. praying <laughs> mantis. <laughs> and so he's a folk singer. So yeah. there's guitars around the house. Oh and, yeah. And oh, how, a lot. <laughs> did you did you like your dad's music? Because <laughs> I was. It was kind of weird because like I was. I was. Feels very, like you're pushing back a little now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I guess you know he he was in you know th- this this was the counterculture music. So I guess my way of rebelling was was gravitating towards the yeah. Sinatra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sure. show him. Yeah, what was good. <laughs> These kids, they don't know what's good. <laughs> but yeah, you know, no, I I I uh I wasn't, you know, they they were the Simon and Garfunkel, Peter Paul and Mary, yeah. you know, Rita Coolidge. Ooh, Rita kind Coolidge. Of stuff. Yeah. 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 There's they, some sadness there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was what was in the house. That was what was record? in the house, yeah. And you didn't like it I then? Can, I can I can I didn't you know, I I was fine with it. It just I was I gravitated a bit more towards Fuller. You know, I loved orchestra. I loved film scores. I was like a big John Williams fan from at, from, a, from at a, nine. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, loved John Williams. It it actually connected with you at that yeah. age, oh, where yeah. you could hear like that music is doing something. And yeah, like, yeah. Because usually when you're nine, you're like, I like the movie. I was, you know, it was a we it was a very musical town. We had we had uh, a, a choir director that would put on these uh, Gilbert and Sullivan shows, so oh, we were yeah. all doing like. Fucking Gilbert and Sullivan at, at eight and nine. Oh, you're in the show. Yeah, 
So you're <laughs> so, got, you're doing musicals. Yeah. Because I noticed, and, like, when you hosted the Oscar, I was like, I was like, this is Song and Dance Man. What is <laughs> This guy's not a cartoon guy. Mm. Look at him. He's, he just wants to dance. <laughs> he just wants to dance. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> kind of is, right? I mean, you know, who who doesn't who doesn't enjoy that? That scares me. Oh, wasn't that what's the, what's the what, who, was it somebody said like the, the what the reason you become a DJ so you don't have to dance oh, or, or, I, or be seen? I think I think when you I remember going to the or be seen at, at all. I remember going to the Derby. Yeah. At one point when that was still around. And I was like, and I'm not with a good, the swing I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a good dancer. And there's a guy on stage singing, and I'm like, that's yeah, I want to be that guy. He doesn't have to deal with any of this shit. Right. He never has to get on the dance floor, <laughs> and he and can yet still he, be cool. And yet he's still cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's driving the whole <laughs> exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. Well, like Favreau was a big swing guy, right? And you work with him a lot, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a. I, but you're not. You don't see yourself as part of that thing because that was sort of a trendy thing. You, it seems that like there were a lot of guys wearing zoot suits and jumping around, and yeah, then, it's it's I, I th- there's there's a there's lounge swing and then there's true you know to, i mean to me the best sinatra recordings are his ballad albums uh-huh are you know only the lonely and where are you and and no one cares you know that's the stuff that's like that's where there's the the minute long orchestral intro before he even starts singing um, <laughs> the, the big bill yeah <laughs> the strings yeah 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 did you read dino by nick Tosh's? no oh no. dude come on <laughs> Listen, I'll Amazon it right now. It's a, it's this poetic, dark investigation into the soul of Dean Martin. Really? Oh my God! When did, when, when did, it, when did it come out? It's a classic. Uh, geez, it's got to be maybe the early '80s. Dino, Nick Tosh's. He's a very dark guy and a very dark writer, and it's a biography of Dean Martin. That you know, just it, it's you know whether, there it is. yeah, whether you. Uh, whether I don't know how much of it is poetic speculation, but there's a lot of history in, in there, and it's very well researched. What a title, yeah. Dino, living high in the dirty business of dreams. Yeah, dude, it, it, you gotta. He's written a couple of great books, Tasha's, but, but like I, I, it was I didn't realize that that Dean Martin a couple of things that there was these guys that set these precedents, like being yeah. Crosby, that like oh, Dean yeah. Martin, you know, got into the racket to just be sort of a Crosby knockoff. Yeah, well, so did, I mean, so did Sinatra. Like, they both, they idolized Crosby. Yeah. I, I, and it's like the phrasing and everything. But yeah. no, and nobody, like, who do, who knows about that shit now? Is there part of what you're doing now? Because it seems to be a, a, a real focus for you. I mean, did Grammy-nominated swing records? <laughs> I mean, are, is, there, is there some part of you that's sort of like, you got to respect these guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know, it's it, there's there's a there's it was an era of high musicality where every I mean every part of the equation was its own deal. I mean, yeah. if, if you take a song like that everybody knows, like I've got you under my skin. Yeah, you know, uh, Cole Porter wrote the song. He was revered for his craft. Nelson Riddle did the arrangement. He was yeah. revered for his craft. Sinatra sang the song. He was yeah. revered for his. It, it was this, this amazing collaboration of talent. And also, way, back in the day, you know, if you wanted to go to a dance, you know, there were 30 guys on yeah, stage. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> and, and that was just normal. They yeah. had to have room for that yeah, shit. Yeah, cost you. You watch the, the Grammys, you know, what, 40 years ago or whatever yeah. it was, and there's Henry Mancini playing the Pink Panther theme with like a 40-piece orchestra behind him. It is really something that that's all gone away. It's gone away. And I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's just an evolution. I think it's a, it's a cheapening. I think it's it's less expensive to not do it. Yeah, it's less expensive, and also like, in, and they've somehow not unlike with movies and stuff. They've over time just hypnotized people into believing that this was good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And but there, I don't know that there's any coming back to that. And I, I don't know. No, there, I mean, I don't. It's this. I mean, that's why we do these records. Is it just kind of say, look, that this can still be done. You know, you can still make music that 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 has a a, a real you know that has a lot of different 
music, and I'm just talking from a technical standpoint, yeah. you know, layers to it. It's it's uh, it, it's it's just a hard thing. It's 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 just kind of vanished. And the first time that you sort of got like uh, engaged with this was when you did the uh, Family Guy episode, the Vegas episode. Was that the first yeah, time well, where you, you realized like, wow, I can, I, I have freedom. I can put together as many musicians as I want. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, The Simpsons did it for a number of years. Yeah. I mean, they, they were they were one of the few shows left on the air that used a live orchestra and. So we we uh, we decided to you know God if they if they can get away with it maybe we can too and they we were able to pull it off and and it's it, it just makes a huge difference I I do think that even even if an audience doesn't know that what they're hearing on a show like Family Guy is yeah. live music is a live orchestra yeah um, on a subconscious level it just makes the show a little bit more resonant resonant in, in, yeah in, in and authentic yeah. somehow yeah and, it, and what's all interesting to that uh, like i'm not a huge animation guy you should know yeah you know believe it or not neither am i <laughs> <laughs> but there but i think that's true there's like things i've learned over time but like the interesting thing about uh about orchestras is each one of those guys has a story you yeah. know, you read about like big bands and the yeah. ones that kind of spun off onto heroin and then became bebop yeah. guys and yeah. just drove their well, lives you know, into a ditch. You know, it, it's it's the, to me the, the the biggest the biggest problem is it's the 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 source of 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 the creative the the creative impetus has fallen out of the hands of the composer and into the hands of the producer. And it's 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 an oversimplification, but yeah. it's but it but it's true. I mean, it's 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 you a a producer cannot give you what you know George Gershwin could have given you. It almost makes you cry. Yeah. Oh yeah. To, to yeah. feel the you, know, you can feel all the instruments in the right room. Yep. And yep. it's such a beautiful life embracing thing that's just gone. Yeah. It's it it's and it's an interesting point because I it's hard to think of anything in recent years that has evoked uh, it, you know that i've listened to yeah gotten me to that point where it's like oh i could i'm listening to this music i could i could cry but yeah but it's it for the right reasons for the right, for the right reasons absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> but when you do it though you, you're very meticulous about it i mean i don't know how much you go through it i was just my buddy my producer said he was listening to a christmas record you know and you did a christmas record and uh and he said it's very clear that seth wants to do the best version of these songs <laughs> <laughs> he, he just felt it that like yeah. you know you're out to kill this thing well you know it's it's it, there there's there was a secret to my, my theory is like uh, sinatra was was a, a vocalist who who surpassed any of his contemporaries yeah but beyond that i think part of that is the fact that he his secret weapons he just he understood better than anybody what an orchestration what an arrangement and what an orchestra can do for you and yeah. the cushion it can give you could just make you sound better and his orchestrations are just light years beyond anything else that was being written. You know, that's that's with the records that we do. It's the same thing. It's like it's it's not just about singing the songs. It's a it's it's a it's a showcase for the orchestra. Right. And you uh, you got nominated for a Grammy for the one you wrote for uh, oh an Academy Award for the for the oh yeah for, yeah, for, yeah. For, was it from Ted from Ted yeah yeah for that yeah. song yeah. Do you like? Do you see yourself as a you know having a? Is that a new? Is that going to be a thing you do? Are you going to be Randy Newman? Are, are people going to? I, I mean, I I can't. You know, I I I would love to be able to write for orchestra. I I don't. I I'd have to go back to school for years and. So and now you just to, you write the things and you say to the guys like, can you throw put something together? You know what? It's 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 the one part for me that's retained this kind of mystery because yeah. I, I work with composers that I love, but I'm I'm not able to 
to orchestrate myself. You can't so say, it's... can we take it to the nine after that? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, my, my, my communication skills have gotten better. Like I can, I can say, you know, can we, can we make that a little more rubato, which I, which I didn't used to be able to do. But I, <laughs> I you know, Good before you. it was like longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's, it is the one part of the process for me that I, I kind of like the fact that it's still sort of, this magical thing that I don't completely understand. Right, right, right. And you know? and you got guys that know what they're yeah, doing, and yeah. you, you can be sort of like enchanted by it. Yeah. As opposed to sort of like, no, you yeah. got to bring up the oboe. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. You don't want to be that guy. Then yeah, all the love yeah. is gone. I think I have been that guy once or twice. But oh, really? <laughs> well, thanks for copping to it. That's biggie. You shit on the oboe guy. <laughs> I know there's so few of them too. I know it's hard for those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough being a yeah man. Uh, so when did you think you started um, enjoying uh, you know you know pissing people off? <laughs> like when did that? Because it must have happened with the comics. Yeah, it did actually. It was it was um, I was uh, I, I used to do a weekly comic strip for our local paper yeah. in Kent, and I did one uh, uh, when I was God nine or ten. Yeah, and it was a guy taking communion. <laughs> Yeah. And he says, can I have fries with that? Right. And, and I was like, when I was, I was, we, you know, we went to church cause I was yeah. in a choir. We weren't a religious family, but we went, I was always Catholic? Kind of, uh, Episcopalian. Okay. And I was always ve- just weirdly confused and fascinated by yeah. communion. The whole process yeah. was just so creepy and Dude, like just, the whole thing is witchcraft. Yeah. And it's it's, all, it's like, just, it's just, right. it was just, but it was just a, such a strange, weird thing. Like I just don't, I didn't get it. I still don't get it. It's um, ritual magic. It, it's it's <laughs> like they're putting these little wafers on the tongue, and you know, I'm like, I kind of want to know what they taste like. But but these look at these adults yeah. kneeling while other adults put things in their mouths. Like yeah, it's yeah. you know, which better than I kids. guess that's all over the internet. But right, <laughs> but it's but it's uh, but but I so I did this comic strip, and and I got an angry letter from the t- uh, local priest. Yeah. Who said, shame on you for insulting the almighty God and those who love him. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, um, and, and down below he had written, do you like me? Check yes, no, or maybe. <laughs> no, it's, uh, but it's, it's, it was. Uh, Meet me in it, the it, rectory. It, yeah, it was yeah. a very, it was a very interesting thing to kind of process at, at that age. I'm how like, old were you? I was, I was like nine or 10. And, and how what, can you remember how you processed it? Was I, it a good I, feeling, or did I, you feel horrible? I, you know, my, I I didn't because my my parents helped me to. You know, they said, "Look, this is you made." So I don't think they particularly liked the guy anyway, so right. I think they were like, "Yeah, fuck this guy." Yeah, but I but they 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 kind of said, "Look, this is you, you got a you got a reaction from something you did artistically, and yeah. and and that's that's neither good nor bad. It's just it's just what you want out of it." And so they they had a very kind of. Really? Sophist- a, sophisticated attitude about it. It's diplomatic. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. didn't say, like, sometimes when you do satire, yeah. the, the <laughs> yeah. object of it is actually to piss these guys off. <laughs> exactly. This is exactly what you need to be doing with your life. Yeah. I mean, they, that, that would have been, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were, they're, again, their sense of humor was so, like, I mean, it was, it was just shit. Dark. You you, yeah, it was dark. So, but, so, so that was normal to you. Yeah, yeah. That was probably, like, on the... On the lighter side of the spectrum. Yeah, I remember like there was a moment like I for some reason what whatever this is triggering in me that there was a moment when I I was with my parents on a ski trip with, with another couple and their kids and one of the other couple said uh, like if if you were on the mountain and and you and and one of you died. <laughs> 
uh, and you were stuck up there, which part of them? Which part of them would you eat first? <laughs> and, my, and I must be like eight. Yeah. And my mother goes, "The penis. At least I'm used to that." <laughs> And I'm like, that's yeah, where I get it. That is, that is, that is. My mother was exactly the same way. That is exactly the kind of thing that would have come out of her mouth. Yeah. And so that yeah. gets normalized, and that's a, it's that's a fucking gift, really. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, you, my mother, there was there was a line in uh, in Wayne's World that my mother was like thought was the funniest thing, and she would butcher it when she would retell it. But it was the this, the scene where Wayne's on the phone to the Chinese restaurant, and he goes, yeah. um, "Yes, I'll have the cream of some young guy." And my mother would, would tell this at parts. Have you seen the movie? It's hilarious. He's on the phone with his Chinese restaurant, and he says, I'll have the cream of some young guy. Delivery is her own. Delivery is her own. There was a handful of jokes, and now they're all coming back to me, that my mother would tell in, in all kinds of company. There was a joke that she told over and over and over uh, where a... a, a, a Male grocery bag- bagger uh, walks out to the car with a bag of groceries, and uh, for this woman, and the yeah. and the woman says, uh, you know, in a flirtatious way, I have an itchy pussy, yeah. and the guy goes, you know, I get all those Japanese cars mixed up, <laughs> and my mother would tell this joke to everyone she met. <laughs> it's like you, you instantly know what you were. It seems you were like she liked with. the Asian theme joke. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that may be it. That may be it. <laughs> Something about the language what a, what mixed a, up. What a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just weird, like that moment where I don't know, man. I like I I, haven't, I just something just happened on this set of glow the other day. Like I'm like I'm in that show glow, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. me and it's just like all women. And I don't know why, like, you're always waiting, like, you know, like, I just, I keep my mouth shut, I behave, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not a chore for me, you know, but, you know, it's fine, I'm just working in a cast and I love them all and everything, but there was a moment the other day where I'm on set and we start a take and I go into it and I fuck the lines up and, and for, for no reason, just because I do it sometimes on the mic when I'm, I'm doing my monologues, I just went, ah, fucking cunt. And I, you know, <laughs> And I'm like, why? Did it go over well? No, it, but, but, it, but but it was like I walked up to the to the AD and I said, "Do I need to apologize for that?" It wasn't directed at anybody. It was really just a moment of frustration. And she's like, "No, no, no, it's fine." But like, but I had like a whole day of like, why that yeah. word? There's why, probably why? there's probably like a hundred of those in the script. I would imagine. No, no cunts. There's oh, no, really? No cunts. No. Is it? Yeah. It's like an HBO show, right? No, it's a uh, it's on uh, Netflix, but but no, it's not it's yeah. not that kind of show. Yeah. It's a it's a it's about women wrestlers in the in Got the eighties, but and it wasn't completely out of character. But it's just one of those things. Like sometimes I'll do it here, right. like if I'm, I'm redoing an ad read, yeah. and it's not for yeah. my producer. It's just what I do. I oh, fucking balls, you yeah. know. Like, yeah, yeah, you just yeah. say it because it feels. Good I think to say I, it. I, I I think most people, uh, you know. Most most reasonable people Would of know all that. sexes are just gonna they're gonna see that for what it is. It's of like, course, he's just it's it's an expletive. He's yeah, using no, an expletive yeah, it and, just and, and it feels good. Yeah, there was a moment of like, ha, <laughs> wait, 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 that word. Yeah, you know? but it wasn't. Yeah. No, I that, could be right. You know, I'm I'm Mr. Straight White Male here saying I think it's fine. I I yeah. can't see the problem. No, no, I think you're right, and it was clearly just a you know a, a thing that you know it was just yeah an expletive. But like, but talking about offending people when. Because, like, in your hometown, and I know you've you've probably talked about this a lot, but, like, the pushback from that one guy in your own town, that almost sunk fucking family guy, what's right. the, did you, have you gone into the history of that guy? Uh, you know- The Griffin guy? The Griffin, the, Griffin was his secretary, and he was the headmaster of the school? <laughs> God. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting, that was an interesting 
uh, experience because it was it's 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 like your high school principal calling you as an adult. Yeah. And and you know asking you to, to do something and it's like well that doesn't really work anymore but it was just the name right so how long how long had the show been it was on? the name yeah the show the show hadn't premiered yet the so show, how did he know the show had i think there was a lot of press okay there was a lot of press about it and and you know it's 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 something that just never occurred to me like writers take you know you know like writers take names of people that they know or their last yeah, names sure. first names you just draw, and you gotta check draw those from wherever through. And if there's a resemblance, there's there's a team of lawyers, the studio, and the network. That yeah. you know, is there is there is there is there one, you know, uh, uh, Chuck Emmerich in this town, or are there fifty? Yeah, right, if exactly there are fifty, right. yeah. you're fine. Right. If there's one, then he's got a potential case. Plenty so, of Griffins in the world. Yeah. So so it was it was the issue was that there there was there was I think a, a panic about you know is this about us and it wasn't it was it was it was a name that I. You know, I, I was like, "This is going to be a show about an Irish family," and that was a name that I chose. And... But it wasn't even him, right? It was no. just sec- someone who worked for him. It was, it was a, yeah, it was, it was a, it was sort of a murky kind of thing. Oh yeah, that went down. I never, never really got the full. You don't know the backstory. Never, never really got the full. Uh, you know, all the details. Really? Yeah. And and but it it, it caused you trouble. It it was it caused a little bit of a flap. Yeah, because he like he aligned himself with the parents, whatever council, the, the, the parents television council. Yeah, it's that's which it's interesting. That's an organization that you know it, it's it's historically been a contentious relationship with Family Guy. I I what's the guy's name? Brent Bozell. Brent he's Bo- gone. He's gone. That that guy was a nut. It's it's uh, the fellow running it now is you know I actually had drinks with him a couple times and yeah. and uh, is is a is a terrific guy you know like he has he has his job is they they he's that that organization is they do what they do they their their job is to police the networks um, but you know you can have in the a, name you, of kids yeah yeah I mean, it is in the name of, of decency yeah, and taste and, right. but but it's but it's nice that it it was interesting to find oh I can we can actually have a conversation in a friendly way and and. Uh, and 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 it was a nice it was a nice surprise and it came about i think that i think we had written a letter to the parents television council saying listen we invite you guys to write an episode if you think you can do this better than we can oh good that's a good way to handle it <laughs> and the letter we we got back was you know and and it was sort of a way of 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 trying to make a point the letter we got back was 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 very kind and respectful and 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 uh and so i reached out to the guy and said hey thanks a lot and and ended up uh becoming friendly with him so it's, yeah it's, it's so it's odd, a, uh, like keep your enemies closer is that the- <laughs> i guess i guess, <laughs> I guess. well i mean it, it, it just it i guess when you like the whole i the whole genre of animation that you know at some point i think be, before you you know there was grown-up animation always you know, kind of you know betty boop wizards whatever the stuff i saw when i was a kid but there was a point on television where it, it had it appealed to both kids and 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 adults mm-hmm. and then you know what the freedom there was you know how much are you filling a kid's head with i guess was a real predicament for the uh, moralizers yeah right so like who's this for is this like you know how how did they you know look at at, at cartoons there was yeah. always a subtext but but by the time the simpsons came on certainly by family guy it was like it's not a subtext yeah yeah and, th- and that was that's that was part of the the conflict is that it, that was still a period where cartoons were for kids. You know, I, it's interesting. I, 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 this is sort of the first generation of adults that yeah. I guess that has held on to the practice of 
watching cartoons and reading comic books and yeah. it used to be something you left behind but is now that, it's now I, it's a I do a joke about that <laughs> really like, yeah yeah like i said I, I i read some comics when i was nine but at 11 i decided i'm not going to make this my life <laughs> <laughs> i think it's some sort of belief system i think it's beyond entertainment yeah I, it's 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 there's a there's a there's a passion there that is uh yeah that is i i uh, it's something that I probably should be able to lock into with what I do for a living. It, it's it's hard for me. Like I, I I've seen maybe two superhero movies um, in the past ten years. Yeah. Um, it's just like it's a choice. I'm I'm not sort of like fuck that, but I don't think to do it. Yeah. No, I don't either. And I, don't either. I think there's also a fear that like, well, what if I become one? You know, like I, <laughs> you know I've, I've made it this far. <laughs> but what what do you think like? In terms of offending people, because I know it's it's on you know my mind as a comic, it's on your mind because it's come up a couple times already, just you know in passing. But like even the Oscars, so they didn't ask you to host, right? Uh, no, not 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 this year. <laughs> not this year. It hasn't, it hasn't come up yet. <laughs> You're the last guy in yeah. the list, right? Yeah. Oh, do yeah. you want to go back to him? Would you do it again? I you know <clears throat> I don't know. I I actually I got asked back the year after I hosted. Um, I guess because the numbers had gone up, and so so they they asked me back, and I was making the the western comedy that I made in Santa Fe, and I was I was so wrapped up in that, and I thought you know I, I there's no way I'm going to be able to finish this and stay alive if I try to do the Oscars as well, and you know part of me wanted wanted to say yes, and I realized God you know the only reason I'm I'd be saying yes is to kind of you know sh- show up the detractors, and it's, right. it's, it's just not a good enough reason. It's and not. It's, as, it's, is is that a new shift for you? No, no, no. Even at the time, it was. It was. But I mean, the, it just was not to put in that kind of work. It was. I love having done it. Yeah. Um. It was a. I, it was a thrill. As you know, to do it. It was a great experience, and it was. I think the the, you know, what it did for you know, it opened up a lot of doors for me for yeah. other things, and it did. Yeah. Like um, what? Well, just the visibility you get from the Oscars is is. But mo- mostly as a, a a live performer, you think? Yeah, I think I think yeah. it's 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 sort of a it's sort of a, a a real boost in that regard. But but it's something that that I I I don't know I I maybe I I don't know what the what the upside is of doing it at this but, point in time. Right, right. But I think that's what everybody's realizing. But I I yeah. think that uh, but like just looking back and how the culture has changed over you know since you've done it, which was what five years ago? How long ago? Uh, yeah, about five years ago. So like, do you think you could do? Uh, we saw your boobs again. You I know, mean, like, would it even accommodate I, your personality at all? I I. It, what's interesting is that 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 thing came about. Uh, and I you know I've never mentioned this, but like that 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 gag came about because i i read the the you know a lot of the pro which you should, you should never do i know this now you should never yeah. read any of your own press but you know i read a lot you of press stay away from the computer altogether yes completely <laughs> but i read a lot yeah. of press leading up to the oscars and it was a lot of like really angry foaming at the mouth um uh kind of stuff that w- was just like oh i i bet i know what he's gonna do and i hate him for it you know from from right. from uh from a lot of these outlets and from the and, left and the right uh no you know i i think mostly from like the hollywood press oh, okay more more from the left not a political oh yeah okay. um but it's and it, and it got to the point where like god i have to i have to <laughs> sort of comment on this in yeah. some way i mean i can't just go up and you know because my, my original idea was very kind of tame and uh-huh. very kind of old style song and dance and i thought god this is like i i gotta this it it's you know, in, in a way, it's like you, 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 you helped create what you despise, but, 
but I, uh, you know, it's always this idea of you felt challenged. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, and it was the idea the idea of this creating this alternate Oscars that was exactly what they were afraid would happen. Right, and that's the part that gets a little forgotten. Yeah, in, that in, there was a in, context. Yeah, there they was always a context. forget context. They always forget context. Quick, quickbait is essentially lack of context. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, taken out of context. It's and, the only way that industry works. Yeah, it's it's is, but that was the that was the the thing, and 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 you know I've I've I, it's it's. It, it, it's it's hard to know how I would uh, approach it if I host it again. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to to I mean because there's just there there is no upside because it's a very you know, look it's a very visible high profile thing that not according all, to uh, all eyes ratings. Are on it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean isn't that the big problem? True. It's yeah, a, it's a yeah. maybe press visibility, but, but it's, it's an easy thing to shit on. Yeah, like it's so easy to shit on the Oscars because it's 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 all you got to do is you don't have to know you don't have to read the news. You don't have to know history. Yeah. You don't have to do any work. Yeah. All you have to do is sit down, watch, and yeah. tweet or yeah. write. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And just and, and also because it takes you, you, it takes a lot. You see a lot more outrage about about a tempestuous Oscars than you do about a piece of harmful legislation. There's no winning either side. Yeah. Because I would imagine most people who are who are, who, who think Hollywood is some sort of bastion of evil, they don't watch it. You know, I you know they don't watch it. I used to like watching it just because I like I like seeing movie stars. But I, but I, but I think a lot of that is is an example. It, it's it's the loudest voices controlling the conversation. I think most people, you know, look, I can sit down. As I said before, I can sit down and have a conversation with with the head of the Parents Television Council. I'll go even further than that. I can sit. I, I've sat down. I've had conversations, civil conversations with Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. I mean, it's I it it Rush it, Limbaugh. It, you can't. It can. You can disagree with with someone and and no that's true that's and true. have a civil discourse it right. is, it's a lot and you i think know, i think a lot more people are able to do it than than we think right now no i agree with that but but with some but the problem is is that and you know from show business is that yeah you can have those conversations but uh but then he'll go like i, I gotta get back on the mic this guy seth mcfarland <laughs> came in here you know and so like there's a public you know, those guys who have control of the public narrative and and their humanity can be very different things. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's 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 true. But I mean, it's but once you once you have, you know, that I'm not once, claiming once, he has humanity. Once once there's a face to face interaction, sure, sure, everybody it, it gets a, it gets a lot harder. And so it's so it's and that's look. I mean, that's where the internet is, is so I, destructive. Uh, is that yeah? Because you could do it anonymously. Yeah. But I can't tell you how many comics I know. They're like, I knew Trump when he was you know, on yeah. Sunday. I mean, you listen to him Stern and Jeff Ross yeah. has been on his plane. Yeah. And it's like, well, you you know, I think that that was that was before the deification. I think whoever whoever you are, you have to be made of the strongest stuff. Um. To survive it, it, deification, to survive that kind of lionization, when you're standing in front of a crowd of thousands of people who are treating you like a god, yeah. unless you are made, and Trump is not is not strong enough to 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 handle. And in some ways, you know, you saw little inklings at the last debate where you know Bernie might have been getting into it a little bit, sure. he, that he was maybe feeling a little bit, you know, lionized. And yeah. yeah, and and not, you know, he's he's made of much stronger stuff than Trump is, but you know, you ha you have to be superhuman to. To, to be a really special kind of person to avoid that to to maintain at least a false sense of humility yeah yeah you you have <laughs> to, you have to you have to maintain a healthy 
a healthy amount of self-loathing. Yeah, be, to, yeah it's something to, to stay humble. To be, <laughs> well, I mean, I've been trying to sell this joke on stage. I can't quite do it yet about how, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the world of narcissists, uh, you know, Trump is a tremendous success because he's actually achieved in making it everything about him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's a hero to narcissists. Yeah. Like, it's actually all about him. Literally. He it's, did it. It's, and, you know, you, you wonder how much of it is, is, you know, he's very, he's obsessed with brand. He's mentally ill. He's meant, well, yes, yes. At this, this point, he's <laughs> mentally ill. But, but, you know, he's obsessed with brand and, <clears throat> and he's probably thinking to himself, you know, when, when I'm done with this. I'll be able to start the the conservative news outlet to rival Fox News and, and oh, only if he can do it from prison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know that's that's what I think is going on in his head. That he's thinking if I all I, all I got to do is hang on to this base so I can yeah so I no I think so that's I can true. make money off it yeah, when no, it's done. That's which right. is probably all he wanted to do in the first place. I mean I, that that's the rumor is that he just never really wanted the gig. He well, just, now we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't find any. I, I don't have any sympathy for his plight. No, I don't either. But but let me ask you on the other thing, like you know, in most of the shows, certainly in Family Guy, that there was a, you know, the the idea was the Rick Rickleson, the Rickles like you know equal opportunity offender thing, but now that you know there's there's there are people that uh, that that specifically put Trump in office so they could you know shamelessly yep. say those words yep. and have those ideas. That, you know, what place does it, what, how, what is the conversation for you now in your head about what it means to, to, to still do that? Or I know, I know you're a little distanced from it now. Yeah. It's a, a and, little... by, and by the way, that's, that's one of the reasons that, that I, that I am distanced from it is that it's, it's, it's a, it's a tightrope that, uh, it's almost impossible. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not enjoyable anymore because, you know, comedy used to be this kind of, if you'll pardon the term, safe space that, that. You can could, use that could, term. could kind of it could, could kind of exist in its own little bubble, and you know it's 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 I mean you know when you have your your uh, sensitivity seminars that you know that every corporation does nowadays, it's an interesting little asterisk that because the one thing they say is that, you know in the context of that writers room of that creative space yeah it's 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 sort of a different set of rules because you have to have the creative freedom to just spitball whatever particularly in comedy and that that is still protected you know it's not that it's not like that's that's gone out the window for the most part within reason it's still protected at least for at least in my experience well yeah i mean comedy writing rooms are like some it must have been like your family i mean that's yeah, sort of yeah dark. You, i mean you're, there's just yeah, a way to get loose it's it's exactly it's the way to put it you know yeah, yeah. i mean it, it has to be this this and you have to respect people and you have to treat people sure, well but sure but you also have to have a have the freedom to to push the and figure out where that line is yeah and sometimes you cross it right so so that that part of it is you know it, it's when it gets out into the public that's the part that's that's just too it's too stressful now for a lot of people and and i you know i i, I love what i'm doing now because i just don't have to really deal with that as much i am distanced from family guy but as far as the con you know what it does to the conversation and and what it does to the the, the medium i mean animation is strangely in its own sector you know you, it, these aren't real these aren't faces it's different than sending a tweet you have a freedom no but yeah. also like what happens mm. if we just in in a in a broad sense become afraid of of even trying to find that line that's that and i think that's that's the problem and again i don't think that i don't think that reasonable people I, you know I, I i i don't i don't buy that this i i don't know anyone who who would be offended by, and I've, you know, I've worked with, you know, I've been in this business for 20 years. I don't know anyone who would be actively offended by, 
you know, a- anything that that is, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe there are people who would who would have been offended by what you know what you said on the set, but right. But I, I don't, I don't know. I I think everyone that I know would have said, content. yeah, this is you know, even people who are maybe uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, you know, he's he's pissed. He had a moment. Yeah. Um. So I I don't think it's this this. There's this kind of sense that there's a witch hunt. It's not a. Oh, you're saying I don't that think that's true. It's not most people. It's it's a few people in in a sense that uh, that put their life into being you know over. To being angry about comedy. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and I don't think that I don't think that that's. I, I like. You know, think things that get things that get me mad. Things things that that get me angry. You know, it's it's science denial. It's it's social injustice. It's it's. You know, reading read a uh, an article about mass incarceration. These things piss me off. Right. Um, I don't ever remember feeling any rage at anything I heard in a fictional setting. Yeah. In, in a in a television show or a film or 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 a or a uh, or stand up routine, it, but, which but is a it, form of storytelling. Right. But isn't it interesting though? Because you know, just professionally and also personally, as people that that sort of you know broker and funny. That you may not be offended, but when you watch it now, you're sort of like, no, that's going to offend somebody. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. And, and, you know, again, it's like, as I say, it's it's easy for me as, you know, again, straight white male, it's easy for me to say that. So I, I, I'm i coming at this from a place where, where I'm not entirely, you know, I don't have all the the, the tools of to, course, to, right. to, for a proper perception of, of you know, well, that. Well, I think but, that's, that's probably the most important uh, you know, outcome in terms of women, uh, you know, ethnic groups is that they, that that finally there is a sensitivity and an empathy that yeah. probably wasn't there. And, yeah. and there. and I think that's healthy. Absolutely. But then how do you shit on them? Well, because you know, I, I, I think I think that's I, I, maybe you know, I should as, reframe as, that as, a little bit. There, there was hmm. the, the, the idea of using stereotypes or, or, or being an equal opportunity offender or yeah. investigating, you know, the differences be, between people. There was something humanizing about it. And, and it was not in, in, in its best form <clears throat> meant to be isolating I, or I, hateful. I think we'll find that. I think we'll find that balance again. I think, you know, it, was it Ronan Farrow pointed out that, that, that when when you have this kind of a sudden release of of uh of oppression you're gonna it's gonna be like opening a floodgate yeah i mean it's it, it's gonna be big and loud and forceful and and that's you know that's justified at the outset and i think you know at a certain point it's just gonna be a matter of okay once once we've we've acknowledged the problems and we've we 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 actively seek to correct them then I, th- I think we'll be able to find some equilibrium. Right, that's right. I think that's true. But but I also think that in terms of uh, uh, clickbait, the internet in general, that that and I you know and well, that's an industry. I mean, click clickbait is clickbait is not a productive part of this. no no. That, I know. I, but that's my point. Is that and and I don't talk about it too much. Is that the idea that everybody you know has a voice that can be heard and exploited. You know, is uh, you know, it might be at some other juncture in history a a, a democratic uh, ideal, but now it's just become like a malignancy. Well, now you can't get any, now you can't get anything done. I mean, right. you, you you can't have a you can't have a discussion with you know fifty million people. I mean, you you have to the the, the whole thing of there's a reason we elect representatives right <laughs> to go and right. have these discussions in smaller yeah. groups and arrive at. at and it's not yeah. some guy named at Slingblade. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's 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 there. There are good and bad elements of of. I, I think most of Twitter is 
immensely destructive. I think you can point to something like, and I remember when when uh, Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner, and the 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 internet, um, the, you know, this this was it, it was all over Twitter the next day, and she was accepted in a way that that I think would not have happened. 10 years prior. I right. think I think 10 years prior you would have had people at the water cooler going, "My god, did you see that interview? Holy shit. What, right. what a nut." <laughs> you know, but but because suddenly you have this this smaller community because of 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 Twitter, because of the internet, it 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 was it happened like that. I and mean, it was it was an amazing giant leap forward. So you have these little glimmers of of positivity and, and, from from that, but most of it is just is just right, and I a, think that's cancer. I think that's important because I think what's happening culturally in terms of you know uh, white male perspective and also the administration we have and what that's empowered is that the, the one thing it seems that whoever is still on board with this shit, the one part of democracy they couldn't seem to manage or handle mm. was tolerance. Yeah, yeah, and and just the license to be like, I don't have to put up with this shit anymore. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, and that's enough to crush the whole thing. Yeah. So I think that push in terms of culture and in terms of what you're saying, the benefit of Twitter is, is that there's this kind of con, you know constant push for you know you have to tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you start to realize too how much, um, how much it really matters. You know, a, a lot of Trump's base does not. You know, they're not bothered by his, by his crudeness, by his lack of 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 of. Uh, civil discourse or, and, or by and, the fact that he's a fucking grifter right right they're, they're not bothered by that but is it but but even just in how you present it, it it's amazing how that can alter the whole like it really does matter how the president conducts themselves because it, it, it was just a different country under obama and and i think i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that you were getting a different message from the from the top down it's like and, and it's, it's stability I, one, one of my one of, yeah one of one of my castmates uh, on the Orville pointed out that it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's shocking how quickly um, after Trump took office, yeah. a large portion of the country goes, Oh my God, whoo, I can say this shit now. Well, man, it's like, it was just right under the surface and right, and, and right there, man. <laughs> it's like pulling the, it's like pulling the bandaid off a wound that will mm-hmm. never heal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that thing's not going to get better. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> but now we can see it. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. If we make it through this, we're going to know who they all are. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But it's, but it, but it is, we on the left have to figure out a way to you can't sit down at thanksgiving with your racist uncle and call him a fucking idiot and expect to get anywhere mm-hmm. and maybe you do think he's an idiot maybe he is but it's like but but you can't you can't go into it with that attitude you have to go in with with uh, you got with, with a little with, piece of information yeah with like, just, like, just, what'd you think just, of that thing that thing what'd you think yeah, of that just yeah just 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 a just a calm constructive and and, and it may not be it may be frustrating but it's it's just the only way to to, right. to well, let well, things progress. My dad, who's not, who was never really a political guy, who voted Democrat his whole life, and you know, and now you know he's got whatever. He he somehow just he watches Fox News like it's the real news. He yeah. he's not politically sophisticated in any way, but he did vote for Trump, and you know because of whatever he felt, because he got he got bamboozled, he got brainwashed. Yeah. So like you know he you know he. He, he like he'll say about Hannity what he, he'll say like see, he seems to know what he's talking about. It's like well what what that's just a dumb bullshit skill. 
But yeah, like yeah. it was weird after the last two days, he calls me up, my old man. He's like, I, I think you were right about Trump. Yeah. I guess you never know until you know. I'm like, no, more than half the country knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, but it's a problem. You can't, you can't, you know, as, as hard as it is to, you know, we all, we all want to blame the voters. We want to blame the Trump voters for this. But you, you can't, it's not that simple. You, you, you can't expect, you know, look, a lot of us had the advantage of, of, being armed with a certain skill set that allows us to detect bullshit. Um, I couldn't fix a car if you paid me. Yeah. And yet I, you know, we, we, we all, we all need each other. You have to look at it in terms of it is, are, are, are these, are these people to blame or is Fox news to blame? Are these people to blame or is, is, is it, is it Harold Hill selling the, the, the boys band? Is it his fault or is it the people who get suckered into it? Well, yeah. And also like the, uh, my fear is that the real problem is that once you, you are able to sort of disassemble people's ability to, to assess or believe, you know, facts or truth, yeah. you're, you, you, there, there's a good chance that those brains are broken forever. That's, you know, it's it's a good question. I don't know. That'd be a, that'd be a well, question know, for like a psychologist. Where, where, because, like, you know, with all this antagonism yeah. of 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 the sort of you know people who consider themselves practical and working class, and and they're 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 feeling that they're being condescended to yeah. by scientists, yeah, and that they can be presented with scientific fact and go like, I don't know, jury's still out. Is it not out? Yeah, it's that's, not out. That's that's and that's where. That's where it gets dicey because then it starts to affect the rest of us in a in a in a big way, um, and you know when when those kinds of issues yeah. come into play and it's scary and that's scary it is it is but as somebody like you, like you know in sense of of like you know you're clearly positioned uh, as culturally and, and politically left but you take a lot of shit from the left yeah. I mean, like, how do you handle being, uh, you know, accused of being a misogynist or being homophobic? And I mean, well, you know, I've 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 never had an interaction with anyone who's written anything like that about me, Uh um, which I think is conspicuous. Like it's it's it all happens from 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 the safety of a of a tweet or a blog or it, it, it never it's 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 never presented to me in a way that that is where it can be a conversation so that that that's conspicuous and, and that and that that's allows me to sort of dismiss a lot of it as as clickbait as uh-huh. look i mean you have to like outrage makes money so you've never had somebody sit down with you on a panel or or have a debate no. with you and your your political points of view or because i mean you do do a lot of activism work yeah for uh, the lgbt community and whatnot so but that is not in some way you know some kind of like you're not doing that out of guilt no, no, I'm doing because that's 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 what my parents. I mean, my parents. That's right. They 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 raised me to right to to believe that those things are important. Um, but but it's it's also I think the the inability to separate. You know what I run into a lot is is people watch Family Guy, yeah, and then assume that that is is a microcosm of my personality, right? And it's it all goes part and parcel with this inability to separate fact from fiction that is infecting the whole country. And I think, I think, you know, look, reality shows were kind of the first sort of, uh, cancer. Yeah. And then, and then (laughs) social media, Instagram, you know, what's, what's real and what's fake. And it's, and you know, it, I look back at a show like all in the family and it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have blamed Norman Lear for Archie Bunker's racism. Right. He was showing 
a he was he was parodying a certain type of personality. Oh yes, everything happens at the same frequency. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, right. Yeah. That's what's happening. And I'm not saying we're I'm not you know saying we're all in the family, but I'm but I'm saying that it, it, there is. But they can't they can't discern. They can't distinguish. It's, it's, it's a yeah. statement. They track it to a person. Yeah, that person's a fuck. Exactly. Exactly. And it's and it's it's this oversimplification. It's 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 a it's a it's an inability to make that separation. And and you see it on both sides. And then the problem is, is that it, it, I think it's it, more destructive on the right, but you see it on both sides. No, I think that's probably true. So, uh, how did you go to RISD and not become some sort of fucked up artist? Um, I I was. Uh, they must have been surrounded by them. Yeah, I I you know, th- there were there were a handful. Mo- most of the school when I was there, most of the student body was very gravitated towards towards fine art. Yeah, there was a handful of us that were a little more. Uh, we gravitated toward the commercial end of things, and, and I was one of those. Minded. Yeah, I, I did a student film, um, and I, I, I had phenomenal professors at RISD. Like I, I had, I had, you know, it, they they struck just the right balance between instruction and and freedom of tone. Yeah, and I made a student film that was sort of a rough version of a Family Guy in yeah. a lot of ways. And and <laughs> is that what started it? And I remember, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember one of my professors saying to me, "You know, this is your one chance to do that self-expressionistic project that that uh, you may never get to do again in your whole life." And I'm just worried you're wasting it on a lot of bathroom humor. <laughs> and and <laughs> you know, God, God bless him. They supported the hell out of me. And uh, have you written that kind of Christmas and, card? Uh, <laughs> you know, they, 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 I, I, I love them because they, 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 they basically taught me all the skills I needed to, to, to make that, that project. But you seem like, but a then great... I got a few laughs at the screening, and they're like, "All right, maybe this guy, yeah, yeah. maybe this is his it's trajectory." A comedian, yeah. But I mean, but there's, but I mean, you must have been like, because you seem like a pretty well managed uh, individual personally. And I don't know how much you were drinking or whatever, but there, like, were there different camps? I mean, there must have been, you know, people going, you know, uh, on stage or painting with blood or, you know, or, or doing performance art pieces and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah. you were coexisting with these people. Did you have peers that were, you know, out there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was some out there. There were some out there people. There <laughs> yeah. were, there were, there were, uh, I, God, I wish I, 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 racking my brain to think of specifics, but nothing's coming to mind. Um, but but there there were a lot of of did you appreciate heavy duty. that? Yeah, I mean you know they, they they're they're people that you interact with, and for the for most of the time they're yeah. they're you can converse and and you're all kind of after the same goal. Um, you know a few a few people who are kind of out there on the fringe. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. you know for the most part the guy painting with his own feces would. <laughs> Have a beer with you an hour later, yeah. <laughs> and go. What do you think? <laughs> and then you'd be diplomatic. Sure. Hey, exactly. yeah, it's interesting. Exactly. Doing interesting stuff. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to go to the show because it smells bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a great it's a great uh, education in in the art of bullshit too in a lot of ways because you had to have these sessions where you critique each other's work. Oh yeah. And it and you know there was some really good stuff and there was some stuff that was not good. And it really taught you the politics of of diplomacy, uh, of dipl- yeah, in yeah. criticism. Yes, I think you know, yeah, find the good thing. You know, like I <laughs> the, like what the you did. Compliment didn't... sandwich. Yeah, 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 that co- that corner is interesting. The rest of it, you know... <laughs> the, the grain of yeah, the paper yeah. is just really. Man, you must have gone to the right drugstore. <laughs> but uh, so, but you never tried stand up. I did actually. I, I did when I was in college, and I did a little bit of it when I came out to L.A., and I, I 
didn't do didn't do a whole lot. Didn't didn't stick. No, you know, I I, I liked it. I I enjoyed it, and I you know I never had a horrific experience. Um, but it was it was just a lot of it. It wasn't it, it wasn't where my heart was. I was I was. I was drawn to film and and well, I like that that you know even in the single panel stuff you did when you were nine that that's joke writing and that yeah. you know somehow or another that is joke writing founded in 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 human experience or at least some of that. But I mean, how were you getting informed? Like you know, because you're, you're it's also really hard. Well, you know, like it's really hard to write jokes. Yeah, <laughs> you, but you, you you know, yeah, I I don't, like, I'd stay away from it. You know, I I just talk really, until something funny happens and I make note of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, know, you know, when I left Family Guy and 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 the, the Orville writing the Orville is 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 interestingly the 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 happiest I think I've been. Dude, I think there's some really good jokes in there because like I was watching it. Even I mean, because like there, I think the trick to it is you seem to. I I don't know if you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you like inhabiting nostalgia somehow, like, you know, <laughs> whether it's a singing or Star Trek or whatever, yeah, must be, must Western, be. you know, there's something about, you know, kind of rethinking these things that we're all very familiar with. <laughs> but I mean, but humanizing the, the, the sort of crew, the angle of that, it's just a job, yeah. I think is very funny, but there's also like, there's. And you're not doing it with a laugh track, which is always tricky, you know. There and you wouldn't do it with it, but you know there are definitely jokes there. And I kind of like the responsibility being on me to laugh alone if I'm going to laugh. <laughs> do, you know what I mean? But even something as simple as like, can I have one of these mints? It's a marble, and like even that, like <laughs> yeah. like it's just so funny. And then like to set up, you know, this isn't the pilot though in the first episode, but to just to have that guy go, can we still drink soda? Like so, like <laughs> it's a very human question, but you know, like towards the end of the show he's got a soda so yeah, like it yeah. pays off but that stuff is i i you know i like it and i like it that it's not the thrust of the show it's not all joke no. to joke and it, and it got and it, it settled into what it what it eventually became when we found that balance you know initially there was there was a a sense that all right this this is we're gonna have to and, and it was it was self-imposed it was this it was this pressure to to kind of do what I've been doing, lest I deviate and piss off my audience, and it was John Favreau who you know directed the pilot and read the script and essentially said to me, you know what, this this is I like this is this is good stuff. I like this. I, I, I this is a breezy read. Don't be. Some of these jokes seem like you you may be scared of the of the story that you've yeah. written, and don't be. It works. Yeah. And so I kind of I took that to heart as the show went along, and and it really settled into something that was, as you say more about just kind of regular people working in space yeah. as opposed to a sitcom that takes place on a spaceship. No, yeah, I kind of feel that. And also because it's space, you know, the the suspension of disbelief is necessary, but because it's such a familiar terrain in that it is on some level a reflection of Star Trek, yeah. right? So so you're kind of, you're cool with that. And there is definitely a lot of space in space, you know, in, in yeah. the work environment. Like it's very tricky to, to create something that is so clearly a stage and and just have people you know you know having these brief interactions and, yeah. and that guy who plays your friend is very funny yeah scott grimes he's fantastic he's very funny yeah he's great but yeah, yeah you know it, it is it is a the nice thing about that you know the bridge of a spaceship I mean, look even even star trek you know adopted that from sci-fi that had come before like it's, yeah. it's, it's a trope that's so familiar at this point that it almost it, it all, you almost get away with it like it's an office. Yeah. Because people just are just used to it. Right. And, so and they'll can, take it. Yeah. That, so that part of it, you don't have to worry about explaining. Right. And, and and you don't have to worry about explaining, you know, 
just weird aliens around right, with right. regular jobs. Right. You, you, exactly. You're kind of used to it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not like, I'm not a, a sci-fi guy, but you're obviously a Star Trek guy. Yeah, I, I, I was a fan. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge sci-fi guy, but I, you know, I loved the Twilight Zone. Well, yeah. I loved, I loved, uh, I loved Star Trek. Anything, anything that was, that humanized the genre. But do you have a, like an opinion on the Captain Pike episode and whatnot? And- uh, I, 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 re- I remember um, I remember them all very well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I may have enjoyed it. But what is it about this? Like you seem to be, have a sense of of a, a strange sense of nostalgia of for things that were around long before you. Like, and I don't know whether it was you know coming up through Hanna Barbera or what like sort of made you want to integrate yourself into this particular these different histories of show business. Can you identify it? I, it, it, I mean, look, you, you come out to Hollywood and what's the thing everybody wants to do? Make a Western. It's, it's just, it's, is it? it's got such, I, I talked to other filmmakers who just, who are drawn to that they genre. They feel like they have to. Well, it's, it's, it's something that's so, it's such a classic part of the, the, where, where we work and where we live and, and. But no, it, but it's like, in. but the weird thing is it's like, it's rare. I've seen a few. I just, I just bought a, a big book on the making of the wild bunch. I started watching that again. Yeah. And uh, you know it's 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 very specific and it and it is a thing. So you just wanted to take a crack at it. Yeah, I mean it's it's I I was a fan of the genre. Like I had seen a lot of westerns. What's your, and, what's your western? What's your uh, you know Man Who Shot Liberty Valance is probably my my I gotta favorite. Gotta watch that because yeah. that's like you know I that's one of the ones I, you know I've seen Shane the Searchers stagecoach yeah. Uh, yeah, and the Searchers is great too. And, yeah, and you yeah. know what, like, is a like a genius western is that is like Clint Eastwood has made some great westerns. Oh yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah, that hang them like, em high. I remember being very good. But even like the Pale Rider, yeah, yeah. like the, it's such a classic structure. But the Unforgiven, it's like I'm going to put it all in here. Yeah, it's yeah, all going. In. Yeah, <laughs> and the, like the, the at the end where it says he went on to own a, a haberdashery in San Francisco is the best part of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like people with histories. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so so that so you just wanted it, to take credit. Well, it was it was also a, a you know when I, when I would watch these things, anyway, my 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 co-writers Alex Elkin and Wellesley Wild had had the same reaction because we were we, we all we were all fans of the genre, but we'd all independently had the same reaction that god this is this is, they're so cool and they're so epic in the scope, but at the same time god it would have been horrible to live there. Yeah. Like how it's it's this odd combination of of magnetic romanticism and just you know, disease and death. Yeah, everywhere, and, and no ability to stop it. Like yeah. in, the, in the opening shootout in the Wild Bunch, they kill literally most of the town. Yeah, trying to kill yeah. the outlaws, which is probably barely a town, and it's never with. even spoken of. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone's laughing at yeah. uh, you know, literally on the way away from it. Yeah, it's yeah, just, you know, both sides. We just were like, what do you do? Like, if you weren't, particularly if you weren't an alpha, like, what do you do? Like, the sun goes down, you go home. What do you, What do you do? You sit there and wait for death. <laughs> That's kind of all there is to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's a good question. I mean, I guess that's what we're all doing anyway. But yeah, we just have a lot more things to distract <laughs> us. Exactly. Yeah. But what uh, it's all about. And like, what 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 drove? Like, I know anthropomorphizing is is part and parcel to the line of work you're in. But like, what? <laughs> you know, it's one of the great gifts of animation. <laughs> yes, you can make anything talk. Yeah. But like, what compelled you to do Ted? Um, yeah, I, I, I liked that there was something that was, but look, I mean, you know, that goes back to the far side too. Like one, one of the, one of the fundamental 
tropes of the far side was this yeah. this conventionalizing of of uh of an, of talking animals and yeah. there's, 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 there's a there's one that i remember this there's there are two cows that are like sitting in their living room and the and the the wife cow has, has like all these pearls and like this this you know wearing this beautiful dress and yeah. is, is like just clearly living a very good life and the caption is just wendell i'm not content and it, and it was just such an <laughs> awesome non-joke that just like why did this, why this needs to be two cows yeah and and so that was the idea i, I just hadn't seen anything uh i hadn't seen anything like ted i hadn't seen that that part of the story told where okay after the after the the, the fairy tale is done yeah you know, sh- show me the, show me the toy that, you know, look, there's, there's always the trope of only the pets can hear each other talk or only the toys can hear each other talk right. and the humans can't. And, 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 and I was always kind of partial to the Muppets. Like the fact that the Muppets were just kind of walking around, Kermit and Fozzie worked for a newspaper in right. one of the, one, one of the movies and, and, yeah. uh, and it, you know, it wasn't, oh my God, that frog can talk. It was like, man, that that frog was just really passive aggressive with me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in the age of CGI, I thought, God, you know, I haven't seen this done yet, and 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 where just everything about this character is treated as human and casual and normal and just mundane and boring, <laughs> yeah. except for the fact that he's a talking bear. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. So it's sort of like there, they, it, 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 it's uh, it's a human story. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You're just sort of like, and I think that's sort of the thing about space too, and the thing about your humor in general is that that you know you're going to humanize these these environments that that you know are are really kind of sterile in a way or yeah. over the top, and it's and in a dramatic way, you know that's that's, I mean, look, that's 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 what the best sci-fi has done. That that's my uh, I think I, he's going to kill me if he didn't, but one of my co-writers, Brandon Braga, I can't remember if this was his episode or not, wrote an episode of. Uh, Star Trek where yeah there were two characters beaming up at the same time yeah and they accidentally got merged into one guy oh yeah yeah completely fictitious absurd premise but it was presented as in this very human kind of civil rights sort of way because the guy was now saying hey, I want to stay this guy I don't yeah. want to be these other two guys I right. want to be this guy and they're saying well if 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 we if if these two guys still existed they would probably want to be themselves so do we make this decision for you? Do we force you back into two guys or do we let you stay one guy? <laughs> so it's ridiculous. But but it was so like- it's Philosophical was, conversation. And it was presented as as real. So that's, there, a, a lot of what I do does, I, I, I am fascinated by the the impossible, the fictitious, the absurd presented in a very accessible, normal way. Yeah. Yeah, in the in that first episode when the blue guy's eyes blow up for no reason, yeah. just squirts blue. It's not explained or anything. Yeah, but it, was, it just it's a reaction. It's just it's, was he afraid or what? He's he's I, I yeah I think that's the you know we 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 keep that vague. It's network television. You'd have to ask Rob Lowe. So now you so now you're uh, so now you're you're safely flying around in space and. Uh, and doing swing music. <laughs> that's 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 what's happening. That's so. Has have you gotten all the fuck you out of your system? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I I I um I I as I said, like I'm I'm enjoying myself more than I have at any point in my career with with the Orville. Probably because, as I said, it's so hard to write jokes, and you know, when you're doing an an hour long show. 
that's kind of focuses on story and character you just you just can you know you don't have to worry about ending a scene with a gag you can end a scene with a thought right and, and it's 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 just it's like you know being a boot camp for years and suddenly being stationed you know someplace yeah. tropical but and now do you th- do you feel like family guys behind you i don't you know the the idea of doing a family guy movie is still very much in my head i think that's that's still um that's still a possibility yeah uh i i don't know you know that that'll that would be a challenge at this point because to go back in and 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 it'd be a fun challenge to figure out how that how that franchise translates for me after having been away for so long you know if, if i came back would i write it the same way and 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 uh and i don't know it's 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 interesting to, to i i'm i look forward to exploring it at some point right so you're still you're willing to try yeah and uh so you're uh your your mom's passed but your dad's around he's around yeah and he's yeah. out here he's out here so you see him a lot i do yeah yeah he 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 shows up at my house sometimes when I don't even know he's there. Yeah? You guys get along good? <laughs> yeah. No, he's great. He's great. Uh, well, that's good. So now, I, oh, from what I understand, you seem to be uh, have been uh, stricken from the books at Kent. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't know because I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't looked into it in a while. I, th- I think there was, a, there was a third party attempt to reach out recently but I, yeah. I it was kind of an odd to, to, to reconcile was, yeah really? yeah i think so and 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 it was i gotta i gotta dig it up because i don't i don't what, it, what there, was the approach it was just hey you know there's there's a desire to you know make amends and and really bury the hatchet and over, over the pals. griffin thing yeah over the over that i mean mainly over over the over the headmaster parents television council thing yeah. i just i just didn't know what to make of it because i didn't know who what they wanted from i you. didn't recognize the name and yeah. who it was from so but uh, yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's absolutely room for that to to, do you give to, a be, shit? to be patched up. Um, I I do only because when I go back to visit my hometown, I kind of like to, you know, it's, I'm, I am a very nostalgic person, and it's nice to kind of walk around campus and 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 yeah. you know see where you you once spent so much of your time, and you know I I it's like going to visit your childhood home. It's just there's yeah. there's a yeah. it's it's yeah. It's it's a it's a nice thing to be able to do. Is your childhood home still there? It is, yeah. And do you still like at some point when I'd go back to Albuquerque where I grew up and I drive by the first house, at some point it 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 stopped doing the thing. Oh, really? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Like you know, just like I have memories of it, but it it becomes, it becomes um, very distant. A little bit. Yeah. It's kind of weird. And the second house I lived in it was it's no longer there, so that's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. And the the city changes around it. And I don't know what I'm looking for, but there is, you know, you, but you do, when you do go back, it's just, even just the sky or a tree, it's sort of like, it takes you yeah. to something. Yeah. And it smells, it's like, you know, yeah, you, walk, you walk yeah. into the, walk into the old bookstore and it's oh, like, yeah. oh my God, it's, 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 uh, but this, this is a town that doesn't, it's changed, but it hasn't changed that much. Yeah. So it's, so a lot of that's still. And do people see you walking down the street and they go like, Seth. um, no, it's, I mean, it's a small enough town that, 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 and also, you know, I, I don't, I don't have that kind of contrary to, to popular belief. I don't, I don't have that kind of visibility. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can, you can I can disappear. Yeah. I can, I can walk around <laughs> Manhattan and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> that's it's a gift. It, it's, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Yeah, it is good. All right, buddy. Well, I think this oh, was man. good. You feel good? Yeah. All good. Thanks, man. Cool. Seth McFarland, folks. 
I enjoyed that. I hope you did. New season, uh, the second season of The Orville is on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Oh, my God. I'm going to play an echoey old blues riff for a couple minutes now.